welcome back to another episode of an extra dose podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to our all of our episodes and for being so supportive on both of our Instagrams. And if you guys not are not following us on there, we're at alexis.bellbell and at Samantha Bellbell on Instagram. And obviously our blog is a doubledose.com. And we're so grateful for all of you guys and and all your support and everything along the way the past few years. Yes. And speaking of that, you guys might have heard of this brand called Asa. And we love them. We've actually used them quite a bit for connecting us with brands on our podcast. And we're so grateful for that. And we just love them so much. So if you guys don't know what Asa is, they are a collective podcast network and they're specifically for woman plus podcast creators and they help represent underrepresented voices in this space and we love female creators like us and they will basically connect you connect advertisers that you hear us talk about on our platform and our show and they also have a lot of technology to help educate and increase earning potential and influencing in general. Like I said, they've helped us so much with our podcast. And if you want to learn more, they are actually hosting a crowdfunding campaign on Start Engine to become one of the first podcast networks owned by its listeners and members. So people like Alexis and myself. So if you guys want to check it out, visit startengine.com slash Asa, that's O-S-S-A, to learn more. And thank you to them for sponsoring this episode. So next we're going to be talking about walking. You guys know that we are avid walkers, not runners. And that is something that we, I've always loved walking, but when the quarantine, like slash COVID started in 2020, Sam and I, you know, there was nothing else to do at that time. You couldn't work out anywhere or anything. Nothing was open. So we would go on walks a lot. We started going on walks around that time and we just started going every day because that's what everyone was doing outside for a while. And we just kind of stuck with it and it's become part of our routines and we just love it. We go on walks with our friends to catch up. We go with our parents. And it's just a great way. Even if I'm going solo, I love it because I listen to podcasts. I'll just be in nature and not listen to anything. Or it clears my head. There's so many things that I love about walking. But you guys probably remember back in 2020, we also did a half marathon. And that was probably the most I've ever ran in my life. That feels like it was like ages ago. Yeah. I guess it was was two years ago. But it was actually, I was like, why does this day sound significant? I know. And now I know it's because we did our half marathon. But two years ago, we already, already passed. But I was running the most I've ever ran in my life at that time. And while I enjoyed the challenge and I liked accomplishing that and like crossing off my bucket list, I do think that it like destroyed my body like I and even in that time I'm fine now but after I did that run I mean my knees were dead like I just couldn't do a lot of like leg workouts not being in pain and just sitting down and standing up hurt for a while because if you guys listen to that episode we did about running we both experienced like knee issues during our training and that just like messed everything up so with walking I just love that it's like basically I mean it is pain-free I, a lot of you guys will ask how much do I walk a day and it honestly depends, but 
I try to shoot for at least 10,000 steps and I will either walk on a treadmill. That's about four miles usually for me. It's four miles for us. I'll usually walk on the treadmill at the gym. Um, I'll do that in the morning or I'll go outside and mix it up. I'll do like two miles, you know, at one part of the day and then do two later. So I usually do anywhere from three to like five or six miles. I mean, it really depends if let's say I already walked at the gym and then I end up meeting a friend for a walk and we just walk really far, then I'll average a lot more. But typically it's like four miles, sometimes 10 to 15 K steps. But I mean, there's been a few times that I've walked like 13 miles. I mean, that's not like on the extreme. I've never hit one time because I like walked on the treadmill and then I'd gone on a walk like all right, know. we're not trying to. We're no, not trying to I'm add. saying that that's that's way out of the norm. <clears throat> but I'm saying comparing that to like running, my legs. I mean, yeah, my knees. But we're are not. Like, we're not trying to add. Like the whole the whole thing. We're gonna get into in a second all the benefits. But we're not saying go walk. You don't even have to do ten thousand. I think it's a good goal. But even if you're walking for thirty minutes, I think it's whatever your pace is. You know, if I'm doing the treadmill, a lot of you guys are asking, what do I set it at? I don't put an incline up just because I'm just trying to get steps in. I'm not trying to get like a huge workout in. But you could put the incline up. I just have it at zero. And then the speed, I do anywhere from 3.8 to 4.1 miles per hour. But usually average run 3.9 to 4. And Yeah, and I think the speed kind of depends on like how long your legs are. Probably for someone tall, I would think four would be not as fast for you. Maybe it would be. I don't know. For me, like, I have such small legs that, like, short. Four is fast. Four is, like, very power walking for me. But, I I mean, I've gotten used to it. But I I think think four is a 15-minute mile. Yeah. And that's pretty, like, I don't walk that fast I don't walk that far outside. If I'm walking outside, obviously, without a treadmill, I will probably average anywhere from, like, eight. 17 and a half to eight to like 20 mile uh sorry 20 um what would it be 20 minutes per hour 20 minutes per, per, mile. per mile yeah so so on a treadmill you're obviously probably gonna go yeah faster. you're obviously gonna push yourself i just find that when i walk outside it's more leisurely and i'm trying to like make it a little bit more difficult like a little bit of a cardio on the treadmill that's why i try to amp it up just a little bit because that's for me like a little bit more of a cardio like lower intensity than obviously just like like a casual walk outside yeah so what i love about walking um as opposed to running i know there's a lot of avid runners out there but i do think eventually it does i mean it will destroy your knees and your hips um depending on how much you run a week but we're all pretty much i know most of you guys listening are like around our age and no one's really you know experiencing those issues yet but as you get to like 40s, 50s, and you've been running your whole life, I feel like it does impact your body. I know a lot of people have to get hip replacements and knee replacements. So that's why I love walking because literally any age can do it. I always joke that I'm like an old lady because I do my walks every day and I literally, I love them. Like if I don't go on one, I'm like, I don't feel the same. And I just don't feel as happy. Like I just feel it clears. It's just such a mood booster. So I love that walking is low impact and it's very gentle on your body. You can go as like fast or slowly as you want to go. It's one of the only forms of cardio that I was researching that 
you can pretty much do injury free and on a daily basis. Like you could do it every day. I mean, within reason. If you're rocking 13 miles a day, probably not gonna be able to do no, it. The next that's day. not something I do but, regularly. You know, I can always tell. Like the other day, I did. I walked four miles on the treadmill, and then I did this like workout class. And the next day, I mean, my legs were really tired. I was like, I don't think I can do my normal amount. But it's always low impact. Even for taking like a rest day, a walk is like great because you could go even really slowly and just be really slow and still get in like, it's not really a workout. It's just for you to move your body and like move your lymphatic system and like get your blood flow moving. Like I just love it. So that's why, I mean, any if you go to the mall, you see like a bunch of old people walking, which I love. That will be me one day. Uh, it's just so good for you. Also, I love that it's a full body workout. Um, you can walk, you know, at a fast, lower, slower speed, and you just have much better posture when you're walking as opposed to when you're running. Like you probably will, if you think about yourself running, you are kind of like hunched a little bit, kind of leaning. And so when you're walking, you just have much better posture and I just feel like it's just overall better for you. And I know this is like something that I was always like, mm, I don't think it's as good of a workout. Like a walk is not a good workout, but it truly is. I was talking to my dad about this a couple years ago and he was like, no, there's like so many, I need to find the exact study, but there's a study that basically said like, I think it's 30 or 45 minutes of walking is the same as like running. Or I don't know. There's something like that. You need to look it up and confirm. But basically you can get tons of benefits, like the cardio benefits from walking, just like you are with running. Cause I feel like if you're not someone who loves to run like we do, then maybe this is like your like a great option for you because you can still get a great full body workout. You can still burn fat, improve your blood circulation and blood pressure, and you're also getting vitamin D, which is a plus if you're outside. And with what I was talking about with my dad is that it's so great for heart health. Um, it really, there's a study that was done in uh, Berkeley that brisk walking can reduce your risk of heart disease more effectively than running. So they looked at two studies from over 33,000 runners and 15,000 walkers, and they found out that the same amount of energy used for walkers reaped more heart benefits than the runners, and the runners produced, or sorry, the runners reduced their risk of heart disease by 4.5%, and the walkers did by 9.3%. And the same was the, and the same was for the high cholesterol risk and blood pressure. So there you go. There's a study that shows that walking can be better for you with heart disease. And I know my dad really does um, always tell his patients to walk and always encourage them. And I really liked seeing so many people during COVID walking outside. Of course, I really haven't seen that as much anymore two years later. It's like there's some people walking outside in our neighborhood, but really not too many, um, definitely a lot less. And when I go to certain areas of Dallas or where I walk, I do see people, but a lot of runners, honestly. So... Well, I, one of the toppings that I love about walking are the mental benefits. Um, it really gives me me time. It allows me to like kind of decompress and like let go of what I was doing before. I try to go like either right after my workout outside or I'll go in the middle of the day, like just to break it up work or like a call or something because everyone needs like a little reset. And they have also done studies on this that um, how it improves your mental health. They looked at data from over a million people over four years, and they found that people who just exercised and people who just, who quote, just went on walks had 
fewer self-reported bad mental health days compared to those who didn't exercise at all, which we all know that exercise makes you feel happier and the endorphins and all that. But I personally, um, in my research, they were finding that you can get the best benefits to walk first thing in the morning before you eat breakfast. Um, you can also squeeze it in like before, like during your lunch break, if you're someone that works in an office or I know our dad, he, he's a physician, he'll sometimes run or walk after work by the hospital. So you can really try to get in wherever you can. I see people walking into sorry. the, Could you sorry, my watch, I had it pushing down. Um, I know that our, when I go to the gym at lunchtime, I'll see a lot of people come in for their workouts. So a lot of people try to break it up during the lunchtime during the day as well. But they suggest the best time before breakfast um, is for like about an hour if you can do it because your glycogen stores will be lower and the body can burn through what little glycogen there is stored there and use your stored fat uh, much quicker. And I've obviously heard about fasted workouts, which I do most of the time just because I'm not that hungry when I first get up uh, enough to eat because I eat kind of late at night. But I love going. I mean, you could definitely go later once you've eaten. It just depends what works for you. It's also really good for um, digestion. I've read to walk after your meals as well. Yeah, you could do I like love a, walking. You could do like a 10-minute walk after your meals to help it digest more, better. Yeah. So, I mean, there's tons of benefits, like I said. I would definitely encourage you guys put in a podcast. Maybe you're listening to this while you're walking. Uh, I always love to catch up with people on the phone too if you want to make calls or voice note people that's when I do all my stuff but I just feel like being outside and here's another tip plus is that I mean if you're someone that likes sun uh I get so tan or being on the walks like people always ask me are you using self-tanner and I'm like no it's like how are you so tan did you lay out I'm like no it's literally because I'm outside for that hour walking and I'm wearing like a tank top and my shorts but with that being said I get this horrible shorts tan every year it starts about now and it gets so bad, like where self tanner doesn't even cover it. And then I get the foot tan too, like where my feet are white. I have like the worst foot. Yeah. I look like I don't know how to apply self tanner, but yeah, it's pretty bad. But I my mean, shoulders, I usually wear a hat or for, for sure sunscreen on my, I try on my shoulders, but definitely on my neck and my face because I don't want to be getting bad sun damage. But I definitely get it. Sorry, those are glass straws if you hear that noise. But I definitely get a really good tan on my legs and my arms, so, and shoulders. Yeah, so speaking of fasting during your workouts, we wanted, I've gotten recently a lot of questions, I don't know why, about do I count macros, do we count calories, and I thought it'd be um, a great place just to share about that, and if you don't know what macro, counting your macros are or what macronutrients are, we thought we'd just dive into that a little bit briefly. Again, we're not dietitians or nutritionists, but we do have like a little bit of a fitness background. So back in the day, a long time ago. And so we thought we'd just like share. I'm sure you guys have probably heard of this or maybe you've done it before. So I guess just to start off, we do not count macros or calories. Excuse me. Oh, and we just, I think it can be a really great tool depending on what your goals are. If you don't really know like how much to aim for, you're trying to lose weight. I think it depends on, again, what your goals are. But there are, I mean, I think a lot of, it's kind of like, you know, 50-50 on people. Like if they like it, kind of like intermittent fasting. 
I think, again, I think it has great benefits. It's not personally something that I think is sustainable for me. I don't think I could do it every day. But if you have certain goals, uh, again, it's, you know, I think it can be really beneficial. Um, I'm sure, I remember when we were on Instagram and doing all that fitness stuff, if it, fit your, if it fits your macros, oh it was God, very, yes. very popular. And that's kind of where I think we kind of learned about all this. I never did that specifically, but... The macro diet is, like, the idea of it's pretty simple. Um, basically, instead of focusing on calories, which it kind of goes hand in hand, you're focusing on getting a certain amount of typically grams of macronutrients, which are protein, carbohydrates, and fat. So it depends on your goals. You'll adjust each of those, and it'll make up a certain amount of or macros, which obviously amounts to a certain amount of calories as well. So it depends what your goals are, but... A lot of foods will have will be combined two or three of those macronutrients. They might be like high in protein and high in carbs or like high in fat and high in protein. But they'll usually have more of one than another, more grams of one than the other. Um, like chicken is a protein but also has some fat. Sweet potatoes are considered a carb but they also have a little bit of protein. And honestly, every plant-based food has a little bit of protein in it, has a little bit of fat in it. So in addition to being like a carb. But um, all obviously different macronutrients um, have different um, things that make your blood, like for example, carbs could spike your blood sugar. Um, they all kind of respond differently, but I do believe that you need to have like a good balance of all three. Um, carbohydrates would be like whole grains, legumes, leafy greens, potatoes, and fruit. And then proteins would be like Health, uh, mostly like animal protein, like lean protein, chicken, turkey, eggs, fish. Um, if you're doing plant-based, it'd be like beans and chickpeas. And then fats would be like olive oil, avocado, nuts, and seeds. Obviously, there's more than that. Um, I definitely think that there's, as opposed to calories, I think macronutrients are, I think could be a better way to look at it because not all calories are the same. I'm sure you've seen that. Some calories, you know, I remember in college we'd eat those 100 calorie packages of like cookies or whatever, or the um, Slim K like bars. Or I think the other tip though, I mean, this is kind of where they kind of differ with when you're counting macronutrients because you can do it eating like a whole food diet where you're eating a lot of fruits and vegetables. You may or may not be plant based, so you might be eating a lot of um, animal proteins like eggs and chicken and fish and all that. And then you might be eating like potatoes, like those kind of carbohydrates. But the other way people do it is they focus on eating whatever it does, like Alexis was saying, if it fits your macro. So they could be eating, you know, I'm not bashing these foods. I'm just saying you could be eating like processed things. Like you could be eating anything in like the aisles that are like in a processed container. Like you could be, let's say, eating goldfish and Pop-Tarts and brownies. And let's say it had, you know, 300 calories for one piece and let's say 50 grams of carbs and 30 grams of fat, you could still be eating that. I mean, it's a way to fit it in. That's what they why they would call it that. Uh, however, you know, an apple, this is where I differ. Alexis and our thought process, I mean, everyone has a different process on that. Um, I personally think if you're eating 30 grams of sugar, like let's say in an apple, I, I personally think that's different than eating 30 grams of table sugar and a brownie. I mean, I think both are amazing. I love chocolate. If you guys follow me, you know I love chocolate. I love brownies. I love all those things. It is macros are a way that people, you know, 
I think it's a great tool if you're trying to count calories. And I think that's definitely a better way to look at it is to count, allocate how much protein you're eating, how many carbohydrates, how much fat, as opposed to like you're eating 1,200 calories, you know, which I don't believe in 1,200 calories, but eating just that little. But it's another way of counting things essentially, but you're just approaching it differently. However, I mean, there's a way to do it in a whole food way and there's a way to do it where you're kind of fitting in it's a way you could add in like if you wanted to eat a donut and you could feel like you're still on track in a way. But I also feel like there's a way to eat a whole food diet and also eat a donut if you want to eat that one day. Like I don't think it's something you maybe if you're trying to stay healthy and you want to, you know, live the longest you can and live the healthiest life you can. I don't necessarily think eating donuts every day is the best way to do it. But I think people who do sometimes people who follow the macronutrient diet it's on a diet. They just follow that process. They might find, in a way, you're essentially fitting in those kind of products, and it's a way to, I guess, to, yeah, to fit it in if you're if you want it, if you believe in counting things. And I guess you can fit in what you say. Yeah. So basically, if you're wanting to do it, there's a lot of websites out there that will help you calculate it because it can get a little tricky. Trying, it's like a puzzle kind of. But you basically want to figure out. I think one of the websites was like. Um, there's a body weight planner. There's one that was called like macro diet or something.com. I can't remember, but we would do it sometimes, uh, back It's in a day. good way if you want just one day, you could test it out. Yeah. You could go on one of these, um, places, those websites and see what they're saying, how much protein you should be eating. Of course, you know, like for us, we're more plant-based. We're not so focused on the protein anymore, but we have been in certain parts of our life, obviously. So... If you're focused on the protein, I mean, it'll tell you how much they think you should be eating this calculator and you can like tweak it a little bit. And then you could go into something like MyFitnessPal and you could type in everything you're eating. It's kind of a way to like journal your foods and then it'll calculate, it'll spit out like, okay, you had 200 grams of protein. Well, that'd be like, or like for me, it'd be more like 300 grams of carbs, you know, 50 grams of protein or something like that. And then you had like 40 grams of fat and it'll tell you how many calories if you're interested in that how many because there's a certain amount like protein has a certain amount of calories grams sorry certain amount of calories per gram they each have different ones so uh, fat has more than I think it's more than protein mm-hmm. and that's nine per yeah one of them has nine nine calories per nine gram. calories per gram and then I, I don't know what fat I can't remember what fat was I think Oh, no, no nine is fat. Nine is fat. Carbs protein, protein are four. Four, I think. Yeah. four grams per, or four calories per gram. So it'll also give you that information yeah. as well. So yeah, you use one of those apps. And then what I kind of want to talk about is more like intuitive eating and just kind of mindful eating. So I think a great reason to do macro um, counting or whatever is because if you're, you don't really know portion size, you want to lose weight. You kind of need to get an understanding of that. You misjudge portions, which it's pretty easy to do. So personally, we do more of intuitive eating, which is basically you kind of just eat when you're hungry and you listen to your body's appetite signals. Um, You kind of get a sense like what you're hungry, what your body responds to the best and stopping when you're full, which I honestly struggle with that. But um I think mindful eating and and intuitive eating can help you kind of like, I love, I think there's some books on that, but I don't necessarily listen to my hunger cues, but I just kind of eat whatever I feel like. I don't weigh anything out. I don't portion it. I just stick to like whole foods and I I think I just feel a lot less anxious that way because I think it can get a little bit tricky, especially if you're eating out. I feel like it can get a little overwhelming. 
But um, yeah, I think it's just a good way to kind of get yourself um, in that mindset of, of portion control. But also I think you do have to keep in mind that it can get a little bit like anxiety ridden for me because you're like always having to track stuff on your phone. Every time you eat, it's like a little too much. But I think it can have these pluses and minuses to it. So thought I'd share. But again, we do not do that personally. Um, shifting gears to another totally different topic kind of related to the walking is sunscreen. A lot of you guys were asking what sunscreens do I like or do we like and which ones would I recommend for like face, body, etc. So we might have talked about this before, but as a refresher, we yeah. thought we'd talk about it again because this summer is upon us. So one of our favorites for especially for the face and this one is good for acne prone as well, which I tend to be is the Elta MD UV Clear Broad Spectrum SPF 46. That was a mouthful. Yeah. This one, you guys have probably seen it. Elta MD is such a good brand. And I love this one because it is just a great overall. It's lightweight. It really does work. And it helps with um, helps with hyperpigmentation and also sun damage. So it's just a great overall uh, we've also loved the Tula one. The it's the yellow bottle. Um, oh gosh, I forgot what the name is. Um, I'll get the exact name for you guys. Protect or is that the protecting? I think it's the protect and glow. Let me make sure. Yeah, but it's or the yellow and protect. One of the one of the way it's their yellow tube. If you go on their website, and it's the uh, yeah protect and glow sunscreen, and it's UVA UV protection. UVA UVB SPF 35. So I love that one. It's like glowy, dewy, gives you that glowy, dewy look. Really pretty. You can wear it under makeup. Same with the Elta MD one. You can wear them both under makeup. I know that's a question I get asked about a lot. And it won't look cakey if you put makeup on top. And you can also wear it on its own. For the Tula one, we will put it in the show notes. We have a code double dose for that one. And then Elta MD also makes the lightweight spray. Um, it's also SPF 45 and I love this one. You can use one on body as well. Um, and then the other one that we like is not, well, sun bum is another one. That's a spray as well. I think they do make the lotion. I want to say they do. do. Sun bum, they have a 50 spray and it's great. It's, uh, just, you know, an overall good, clean, uh, brand. And we, that one's been around for a while. I know that one. Then this one is a great one to have in your bag. It's the Color Science Sun Forgettable Total Protection Brush On Shield SPF 50. So this one's great. It's a mineral powder. It's not too thick or like heavy, but uh, it's not gonna leave a like cast on you. It's not like a white powder. It's kind of like skin color, and it's just a great addition to put on top. Uh, your you can put it in your makeup bag or your purse. And it's water resistant for up to 80 minutes. It's small enough to fit anywhere and you just kind of like brush it. You like shake it and you brush it on your face and it gives an extra little protection because I'm really bad about reapplying. Yeah, it's great to reapply because if you have a full face of makeup, I know I don't want to go put sunscreen over that and I'm really bad at reapplying. So I love having one of those in my purse or my beach bag. You can just quickly brush on your neck and your chest and your face. And it's also doubles. It could, if you get oily in the summer, it's good to kind of get rid of that oil. It absorbs a lot of the oil with the powder as well. And then the last one is Think Sport. We love this one as well. They make a tinted face one. They make a body one. They make it's 
I don't know if they have sprays, but they ha- we have the lotion. I think it's lotion. And these are so good. I love the ingredients in these. Um, they're safe. They're actually made for athletes, I think. Yes, they have ones for a baby. I think kids. They also make like body wash and other body product. Mm-hmm. I think I want to say shampoo. They're a dermatologist recommended, and they are water resistant for eighty minutes. So that great. one, I will say the white one. <laughs> I think they have some tinted ones. The white one does leave a little bit more of a cast in your face, they but have it's the perfect tinted. for going up. Yeah. The tinted one's perfect. The white one's perfect. If you want to just go on a walk or you want to put it on your shoulders, it's perfect. But I wouldn't. If you if you're worried about the white cast, if you're gonna, like gonna go somewhere and you care about that, I would do some of the other ones underneath. But those are really great for you know if you're just laying out by the pool and you want something that's really protection, really good protection. So we're gonna finish off with our favorites for this week, and I we wanted to share two of our favorite or recently favorite not my favorite but recently favorite workout shorts, and I we both have gotten lots of compliments on them. And in particular, these are both neon, but they come in other colors if you're not a neon person. But I was wearing them, and I think Alexis was wearing hers as well in the neon. So the first, I'm offering kind of like a splurge versus save. And so if you have two different options, the first one are the Check It Out short by Free People of Movement. And they have the cutest workout stuff uh, for all different kinds of workouts. They have shorts that are good for running. They have leggings that are good for yoga. They have the cutest layering tanks that you can rib tanks you can wear with a sports bra or none. You can run errands in it. You can layer it with shorts. They're really versatile and very fun backs and colors. So those are those shorts. They are neon. We have a size extra small for reference. They run kind of a little bit looser and they come in a black color and some other colors. So I love those. They also have some other free people shorts that we will link in the show notes that we really like. One of them comes with spandex shorts underneath and they're just really fluttery and cute. And the look for less pair that I like as well are the gym people high-waisted running shorts and they come in the same neon color. They're light yellow color and we're extra small in those as well. But they're a good look if you want neon, but they also come in like blue and purple and light pink and other colors. And there's another pair of Amazon shorts that are really good. Look for less for the Lululemon shorts that I wear. I've had them for like two or three years and they I wear I wash and wear them like all the time. And those are an Amazon find as well. And I think we have, I believe we have the small size in those. They run probably true to size. And we will link all those up, but those are great, especially with like we said, walks, we're encouraging people to do walking and working and being active. And they're also obviously good for if you just want to run errands in them and just throw on. And they're so easy to wash. You just wash, let them dry, and throw them on. They're so easy. Too easy sometimes. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. That's all we have for today's episode. We so appreciate you guys tuning in and listening and letting us know that you're listening. We'd love if you guys are listening, screenshot it and send it to us. We'd love to hear of you guys listening and tuning in and also if you haven't already please if you could leave us a rating just a short little rating and review on our podcast you scroll down on the apple the purple apple podcast app you'll see a little spot and we would so appreciate it thank you guys so much and we'll talk to you soon